What's up, everyone? Happy Thursday. Um, I wasn't expecting on doing a podcast today, at least before the Palace game especially, but it's Wednesday right now, so earlier today I put out a question on Twitter. I wasn't really looking for any certain replies or anything, but I just said that I didn't know what to expect with this Palace-Arsenal game. What about everyone else? And I got a ton of negativity in the replies, uh, which was a little unexpected just because... Palace are coming off a win. Uh, and 22 points in 17 games isn't that bad, um, despite how much of a chore, chore it is to watch Palace at times. Um, so I definitely was kind of surprised to see like the replies just like flooded with negative comments to that tweet. Um, so I kind of just wanted to address that, address that and kind of read through what some people said. I'm going to make this short and sweet. Um, I'm not going to go into too many topics, but um, so yeah, I, I tweeted that I have absolutely no idea what to expect in this Palace Arsenal game tomorrow. Anyone else? And right off the bat, we had somebody say another dull performance followed by a loss with an Arsenal player in desperate need of a goal getting one. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how it goes for Palace. Uh, we had a Fulham fan, Ed, say that Palace lose these games 2-0 Arsenal. Dull, nil-nil draw, nil-nil draw. Uh, somebody just said a loss. Uh, Mark Williams said two-nil loss. Tepid Palace thinking about Man City on Sunday. Lynn said, yep, another painful to watch performance from us. So kind of continue like that. <laughs> somebody said Spain without the S. Um, so you kind of get the point. Yeah, I don't know what to expect. I don't know if it's because it's been a while since Palace played. I think it's been 10 days. The reason I tweeted that is just because I feel like the club seems a little bit dead right now. And that's not me pointing fingers at anyone. It's not one person's fault that the club just seems a little bit stagnant at the moment. I don't think it's kind of just how things have been transpiring over the past year or two. Uh, but yeah, I think the long layoff in between games, combination with that whole EBS, QPR, COVID, you know, protocol breach thing. Palace really haven't had any good news in the past week or so. Um, also, with in, on the injury front, I think Jeffrey Schlipp is out a couple months. Um, there's another injury, too. Was it? So yeah. Um, Mamadou Sako is out for at least a little while. So, a lot of negativity with Palace over the past week. And even though we did beat Sheffield United a week and a half ago, we all know that that isn't a huge feat in itself. And... Um, Arsenal, while I still don't think Arsenal are a great team on, you know, their level above Sheffield United. So uh, that's why I think people aren't super optimistic going to the, going into this game. But yeah, I just feel like the club right now, I don't know what it is, but it just feels a little bit dead. Um, and, you know, some more people responded to that tweet with some more depressing things. Um, let's see. <laughs> Long live William said... Honestly, don't care anymore. Not going to lie. I'm numb to the excitement. 
uh, CPFC Riley said, couldn't give less of a fuck, feeling nothing anymore. <laughs> uh, Megan Richards said, Obama Yang will t- turn into prime Thierry Henry and be flipping all, flipping all over the gap. So, so yeah, and I'm not just really picking out like certain people's comments. These are like all the comments that replies that I got to the tweet. So there's definitely something going on with um, not just the state of the club, but the state of the fan base. I think, like I said, the layoff in between games doesn't help. The whole um, as a coronavirus thing does not help. The injuries doesn't help. But I feel like part of it that isn't really being spoken about is the fact that I think we have a good sense of what the final table is going to look like now that we're halfway through the season. Uh, things, While things are still really tight points-wise on the table, things are start, starting to clear up. Um, we know that Liverpool, United, and City are the, the top three teams, and there's a huge gap after that. Um, we know that teams like Aston Villa and Southampton are going to finish top half of the table, barring something super unexpected. Uh, we know that Sheffield United... <laughs> barring an absolute miracle, uh, will be relegated with West, West Brom. So things are definitely taking shape. And in terms of Palace with that, I think we we know that Palace will have another best-case scenario, 12th place finish. Worst-case scenario, probably 15th, maybe like 16th. But we know exactly what Palace are at this point. And it's pretty much the exact same Palace team as last year, which is... And I kind of worked this out in my head. I think 50% of the time you're going to get a dull performance. It's going to be hard to watch. It's going to be boring. You might get a result out of it. Maybe 1-0, 0-0, But regardless of the result, I think half of the games that Palace play will be like truly boring. Even with the the addition of Eze this season. Um, He has improved things a, a little bit for sure, but... Overall, I think you can count on about 50% of Palace games just being a chore to watch. 25% of games, um, you're going to get a motivated Palace team that comes out, plays really strong from the get-go, plays a strong 90 minutes. They don't just play one half of good football, but they actually look up for it. They look like a top 8 or 10 team in the Premier League. But that's only about 25% of games, I'd say. We've probably got that Palace about four times this year. And that's, to be fair, that's come against... Fulham, that's come against West Brom, Leeds, I mean, uh, Tottenham, to be fair. Uh, but the majority of those performances are against teams that we should be beating, which is a good thing. I mean, we're not really playing down to our competition this year, which is an improvement. But, um, yeah, that's definitely not the majority of the case where Palace comes out and plays uh, really entertaining football. And then the other 25%, it's just an awful game from start to finish. Um Tactics-wise, nothing going forward. You might have 15 or 20 minutes of good football here and there, but um, and the Liverpool game is a prime example example of that. The Aston Villa game is a prime example of that. Um, Chelsea earlier this season. You're just going to get a Palace team that comes out and looks absolutely terrible. So, um, and I don't think many people would disagree with that um, kind of breakdown of how things are going this season. And so I think the fact that it's kind of universally known among the fan base that that is the palace that you're going to get this season, it's going to be a little bit hit or miss. Um, They'll get some decent results here and there. 
Um, but ultimately, it's going to be a bottom half of the table finish. It's not going to be a relegation battle at the end of the season, which is a good thing. But at the same time, come mid-March to mid-April, there'll be nothing left to play for because top seven will already be out of reach. And obviously, Palace are out of the FA Cup, out of the League Cup, um, which is a whole other story of just the team these past few years throwing away these cup games and just looking like completely not up for it. It's like they're treating these games like it's a friendly, which is really disappointing. <clears throat> I put out in a tweet right after that Wolves loss that Palace are the team that should be, like the Palace are the exact type of team that should be taking the FA Cup not only seriously, but like succeeding in these cup competitions because you're not worried about being relegated, which is a testament to the club. That's a good thing. Um, at the same time, you're not going to get Europe this season if you're Palace. You're not playing for something in the Premier League anymore. Um, and I mean, technically, yes, we're only four points off of six, I guess, but we all have seen Aston Villa, Chelsea, Everton, Southampton play. Those teams are much, much better than Palace. So because you're really not playing for anything else besides a mid-table finish, why don't you give it your all in the FA Cup and in the League Cup. And this is also the first year that Palace can really field two legitimate starting 11s, like two separate starting 11s that could actually compete in the Premier League. You have three right backs who are Premier League quality. You have three slash four slash five strikers, if you count Jordan Ayew and Wolf as strikers. Um, I guess four, because Connor Wickham's never healthy, but... You have four strikers, you have four or five midfielders, um, you have a bunch of center backs, even though they are injury prone, but you have so many players that you can make deep cup runs, even though COVID is a thing and COVID is tightening up the schedule a little bit, you can still take on the FA Cup and play more games. But no, it's just come out and act like it's uh, a game against Man City in the league. In the league. Um, just kind of sit back, let the opposing team do whatever they want until that first goal is scored and the game's gone, um, which is exact, exactly what happened against Wolves. I think once Wolves scored that first goal, the game was 100% over. Nobody could ever argue that. Um, Palace were not scoring that game if it was played another 500 minutes. That's just how it goes against Wolves, especially for Palace. So, um, yeah, I know that's kind of like a really brief... I guess, like, 10-minute overview of what's happening at the club right now. But none, none of that is positive. Um, no positive news. Uh, and we kind of already know what this team is going to be the rest of the season. So I think that's why, when I tweeted that, I got such a negative um, overall response. Uh, in terms of this Arsenal game, starting 11, I put out, if I was Roy, uh, I think Sako's hurt. So I'd have Kuyate with Tompkins at center back. At left back, I'd have Mitchell. Right back, I'd have, honestly, either Ward or Klein. I, I really like Joel Ward, um, but Nathaniel Klein's been playing fine, so I'd have no problem with either one. Uh, Vicente in, in goal. In the midfield, I would have Luca with Gyro, uh, who didn't have a, a good game at all uh, against Wolves. He looked really out of his depth. Um, but to be fair, he was playing against Ruben Neves, Matinho, and Den Donker, so... A little bit harsh of Roy to deploy him. Um, and was it McCarthy with 
with Gyro against those three. So I'll try out Luca with Gyro, see how that goes. I think it's a good balance of Gyro being able to push the ball forward a little bit, but Luca um, kind of being like an extra defender in front of the defense and holding down the fort in uh, the own, in the defensive end, I should say. So uh, on the wings, with Schlup out, it kind of confuses things, but we all know we all know that Roy is not going to put Eze in a number ten role. So I mean, I guess. As for predictions, I think Eze will be out on the left left wing slash like left mid spot. And on the right side, Andros, Townsend. And then up front, we'll have Wilf and probably Benteke. Uh, I don't think we'll see Batshuayi after a pretty poor performance against Wolves. So, uh, And I think that's probably a starting 11. Most people would, would probably have that same starting 11. I think some people would have... Uh, James MacArthur in the lineup, which I wouldn't be mad, mad about either. I think he's been decent this season. So I, I just think Gyro plays best with Luca because Luca's a little bit more physical and defensive minded than Maka. So, which you kind of need when you're playing Gyro because he likes to get forward. So, yeah, that's my starting 11. Um, personally, like I said, I don't really know what to expect in this game. Part of that is because Arsenal, they were so bad in December, but now they're looking so good. So you don't really know which Arsenal team are going to get. But I think it's a winnable game, honestly, even though Arsenal have won, I think it's three straight games. It's still winnable. I still think Arsenal has issues. Um, as long as you can contain Saka and Smith Rowe, which isn't an easy task, but if you can contain those two, I don't think their midfield is strong at all. So... Even if, is Partey available to come back in this game? I'm not really sure if he is, but I think this is a winnable game. I would be very disappointed if Palace came out and played really conservative, but we all know that that's a high possibility. So uh, in terms of my prediction, I'm kind of thinking 1-1, I think, uh, and I'd be happy with a draw, honestly, at this point, just getting any sort of result I'd be fine with given how can, not dire the circumstances are, but like we've been talking about how dull things are at the club right now, I'd be fine at the draw. So I'll go 1-1. Wouldn't be surprised if we lost 2-0 and we had no shots on target all game, honestly. But there you have it. Those are my predictions. Um, we'll see how it goes tomorrow. Looking forward to watching at least. It's been a while since Palace have played. So um, hit me up if you have any questions, if you have any comments on anything I've talked about. Definitely hit me up. I'm looking for one or two podcast guests in the future. I'm hoping to do this weekly. So if you are interested in making this a weekly thing with me and potentially doing it over Zoom, uh, definitely open to people hitting me up in the DMs. So give me a shout and have a good rest of your Thursday. The less I know makes me uncomfortable.